actually took it the distance this time and we are back a day early well we're a day early and we're also and back a dollar on a hill. short <laughs> <laughs> back on a hill overlooking mm -hmm. the town mm -hmm. we are here on july 5th and so the day after the 4th of july can you can you stick with <laughs> us on that higher sequence. maths higher maths <laughs> also the day in which i waded through snow pants Gloves, oh, hats, and yuck. wool socks. Why? Why did I do that? Yuck. Because they keep getting like they were in Brought the out. Oh, yes, and ah, oh, Shadrach is my one who's like on opposite thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, Mom, I need to put on my sweater. I'm like, No, you don't. It's hot. Don't put a sweater on. And he's like, No, it keeps me from being hot. And I'm like, No, that <laughs> makes you hot. And he's like, No. It's cozy. I like it. And then he's like trying to get in the. Today he saw me doing the snow pants and tried to put some on. I was like, <laughs> no, do not do this thing. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I should take a moment to say that we have had two weeks of podcasts that we have never oh, Facebooked. We cast the pod, but we did not distribute it no, on Facebook. No, we didn't. I mean, you have to follow so NSAs. If you subscribe to the podcast, you may have noticed that it happened. Well, but the people who wait for it to drift to them on Facebook, I'm sorry about that. Becca's going to do that later tonight. And She's here's the problem. Do it, right? We can't really go back and post it now without us listening to it to figure out what we talked about. So that we could put up an applicable picture. I think we could do a mystery. It could be like a mystery purchase at the... <laughs> <laughs> I learned that lesson young outside of the Hallmark at the mall. <laughs> Did they... you buy one of the grab oh, bags? Oh, yeah, because I'm like, what could be in this? Lumpy grab bag for only $1.50. Like, it was like a brown paper bag. I was like, I can't tell what it is. I should buy it for a dollar fifty. Of course, you should buy and it. And did you know I don't actually remember the details of what was in there? But I, it pretty much was probably a small graduation bear for the year before, you know. And and I think that there were spare greeting card envelopes, like a stack of the envelopes that didn't sell. <laughs> My hard-earned money. I bought myself some random oh, junkets that nobody wanted, and and I never went for the mystery grab bags again. No, I never after that thought it was a wise choice. So no, I didn't have. I might have learned lessons. from your experience. I don't remember, but I've never been tempted no. by the sight unseen. Yeah, you probably package. Right, my kids are still tempted <laughs> by those. Whatever they're called outside of... It's not... It's like half vending machine, half you'll never catch this plushie toy. <laughs> you know, the claw, the claw yeah, arm, yeah. Uh -huh. uh -huh. They're always like, but what if I'm sure I could be good enough? I'm like, you don't understand. It will not do it. Like, you cannot... <laughs> you can spend all of your money. One of them did spend several of their quarters trying to get something, and then they're like, that was kind of disappointing. I was like, yeah, that was what we were going to tell you. Why, you know, the things that take your money outside of stores are always 
disappointing. Well, remember, because they are there, there to just that, take your money for no return. <laughs> there was that thing that they put in the mall. The Moscow Mall, we should add, is hilarious. It's mostly vacant now. Wait, do you mean the no, Moscow Mall no, or the Palouse, the Palouse Empire Mall? What I meant was the mall in Moscow, which is mostly... It's actually pretty troubled, our it's, mall it's here. It's very <laughs> empty. Anyone out there want to come here and start a big department store for I us? I think that they keep trying to put it in, like, rehab to get something going. Now it's mostly, I think, like, old dentist's Navy. offices. No, it's the fact but, that Old Navy is probably the, dom- the dominant. Anchor. And then something I learned from Mason Dixon knitting is... Bed Bath and Beyond Human Endurance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, what was I going to say? Remember when they put up in the mall the wind tunnel machine? It it's was still like, in there. Is it? It's like the, the hurricane, hurricane machine. <laughs> you get you get in there, and I think the thing costs like three dollars, and you you pay it you pay it three dollars to basically turn a fan on you in a <laughs> in a tank in a. Well, on the stand around, like, it looks windy in there. <laughs> Only three dollars. <laughs> okay, okay. The worst part about this hurricane machine well, is that I cannot even remember the details of this. It's just like the most embarrassing unit known to man. <laughs> You can take a big plexiglass curved door. <laughs> You're just standing there and and kind of the person inside in just kind wind. of... They're just in a wind. Their cheeks it. ripple. And they, no, it's not just, even that powerful. And they look surprised and that's... This is, I know I'm not even remembering the details correctly, but my husband has this thing where he's like... We give it a try. If somebody bothered to make it, we have to do them the honor of, of checking if oh. it was fun. <laughs> Not usually. He does this with all kinds of things. Like he, he believes. Snack he believes that like if no, but even. Well, no, he's more discerning about the fast food places. No, I didn't say fast food. I said snack food. No, I yes, but like flip the pretzels, the flip sides, the cracker that's a pretzel on one side and a Ritz on the other. He was like, well, we have to buy this. And I was like, but why? It's like half Ritz, half pretzel. <laughs> and he was like, but somebody had this idea and they probably worked pretty hard to make it happen and I think we should just do them the honor of checking if it was a good idea. Was it? And actually, surprisingly, flip sides are quite tasty. It's a tasty, weird cracker choice, but it's good. Lots of the time... Oh, boy. This decision does not pan out like that, but he did this sometime. I think probably just to shame me into a puddle in the mall. I wept. Obviously, the wind tunnel has a humorous effect on me, but he paid the $3 to step behind the plexiglass shade while I was there and just stand in the wind for while I like wept outside because I just can't even it was actually oh, a really boy. well spent three dollars because oh, man, neither of wow. us had laughed that hard in a long time because nothing funny happened that's why we were laughing it wasn't like a fair ride it's like no, nothing no. it's a whole lot of nothing happening it's just a windy it's still Telephone there, though. Booth. It's still there, though. And then there's the big funnel that you can send all of your change down. 
<laughs> the mall. Oh, and man. then there is and the hairstyling places. I think people people go and they put their money in there. So I'm just saying, if you want to invest in like gumball machines, well, basically anything I think is better than the hurricane it. machine. So there's no. <laughs> oh man, there's like a machine that eats your old cell phones in there to pay you. <laughs> you know that one? There's one like put your phone in and we'll pay you some money. Oh my word! There's a lot of that kind of quality activity at our mall. <laughs> there's a lot of acreage covered by that mall but not a lot of actual not a lot of actual joy i used to go in there way more often but there were more oh i'm yawning or more stores but also starbucks was in there so you you could go in and get a drink and then do a quick like you don't mind walking through ross if you're just doing it while you drink your coffee and you're having a moment but you don't make a special trip to ross no you don't the coffee would bring me there yeah and then I might. Yeah. Well, last time I ran in there to Joanne's because they moved Joanne's into the mall now. Which is annoying. It's very annoying. But anyway, we I, I went in there and I discovered that they have opened up a video arcade oh. in the mall. But it's not like a kind of a... What I picture as a video arcade is like a kind of ADZ. Maybe there's bowling lines well, someone's, in the back. Well, someone's wearing a muscle tee with a mustache. Yeah, there, and, you yeah. know, there might be a rackety old pinball machine maybe uh-huh. even somewhere. And this is like a whole lot of lazy boys. It's a dark room with a lot of lazy boys. And <laughs> it's kind individual, of like blue lights. And yeah, then, yeah, individual TV screens. And it's situated near the Super China Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never gone into. So when you come visit Moscow, you'll know where you should you'll go know there's to other, shop. There's other places than there. There's Goodwill. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> we only bring up the best features of Moscow. Moscow does have some hip little moments. Actually, downtown is really fun. It's very alive downtown. But More the interesting. Mall, the mall is not it. It's not alive. Well, I'm glad but, we covered that. Yep. That's what good. have you been doing? Oh, man. I've been... Well, my sheetrocking project has now moved to the painting project officially today nice are you gonna paint so well yes me and my cheap labor children mm-hmm. we're gonna do that and then we're gonna refinish the floors and i'm looking forward to that moving you're well, refinishing the floors or you're having them refinished? we're gonna do it but it's just like all the rooms that are gutted and we're being mudded we had to take like all the furniture from those rooms and stuff it into the other rooms, which means you have the third world rooms that, you know, are without power and everything. Then the rest of the house Wait, is still third world. I don't think world. you cleared up why they're without power. Uh, well, I guess, well, <laughs> that's a long sorted tale, but they don't have lights right now because we had to take the chandeliers down because the ceiling was being mudded. So they don't have lights. So it's kind of like dark oh, and good. dusty. In those rooms, I'm sure the outlets... Well, no, the outlets don't even work because we turned the power off to those rooms when we took the lights down Mm -hmm. so as to not electrocute the mutters. Uh So, yes, there's no power in those. But then the rest of the house that should be livable is piled up with all of the things that belong in the other rooms, which basically means housekeeping is an impossibility at this point. 
So I'm looking forward to spreading it out just a little bit more. That'd be nice. Getting a few things put back. That will be very exciting. So that anyway, be painting fun. begins full steam tomorrow. How about you? Oh, I know what you've been doing. Oh, listeners, do you hear how a little more sparkly my voice sounds? <laughs> do you hear a change? You should see the way her face is lighting up. You want up. to know who among your acquaintances <laughs> via podcast now is the owner of a floor loom? It yep. would be me. She wove one dish towel and she knew. You're lying. The time has come You're lying. For a full... I wove five dish towels oh, before me. five. Well, That's a lot more than one. I only saw one. Well, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. If a tree falls in the forest, Rach. Five dish towels. Yeah, Becca, Becca swallowed me up. It doesn't happen if she doesn't know. Um, no. I did five dish towels and then I finally, I found a cheap old funky tastic loom upon the craigslist <laughs> and i have the and my she drove 100 miles to go collect it yeah my husband being the awesome person that he is thinks that this is a great choice for life as he said he said he said babe i think you've had the hots for a floor looms <laughs> since before you've had the hots for me <laughs> totally true i wanted one before before we were even dating i was like i felt very so it was actually this summer at my well mom had a loom when we were little but i never saw her weave on it but i do remember messing with oh i watched messing with i remember that yeah i remember the wall uh, hanging she made but i was a baby See, that's the thing. I have it. That little greeny thing with the Navajo, it like went all the way around until it became hip again. <laughs> I just found it today while I was doing the snow pants in the... Huh. No, yeah. it's not that one. There's a different one that I remember. But, oh. um... Well, anyways, I... I just like that just... Let's just throw this out there. You drove 100 miles to collect a floor loom. You know what I makes recollect... us even funnier? That we are so much those people... Who show up with seven children oh, to buy yeah. a floor loom. On the other hand, you're not those people at all in another way. But that's the thing is I because, don't think of us as being mm, those people. And yet when it comes out that but we are, I, yeah, it But if I was going to picture seven children showing up to buy a floor loom, I know what outfit you would have been wearing. And I know that there would be a crock pot plugged in in the van. Yeah, but there wasn't because I'm not that much of a... I'm just saying that's what I would have pictured. But the funny part to me is that we, we stopped for the loom and then we drove to Spokane to check if the clay connection was open <laughs> for pottery uh-huh. accessories. Because uh-huh. yeah. yeah. we're on it with the mess-making things. Well, and you drove with. to Spokane to collect your potter's wheel and kiln a different time. Yeah, we yeah. did. Ben we and did I, that. though, we we You win. drove we further for a stove. We drove to San Francisco for my dream stove yeah so basically and this isn't even my dream loom it's just my yeah this is my prove it further that you mean it yeah loom but it has four harnesses which i'm stoked about the six treadles which Mm -hmm. turns out to provide i don't know about mm, i actually think there might not be an upper limit on how many things you could do with that it's funny because there's a lot of beautiful things that you could do with a few more heddles or like eight mm-hmm. or whatever. But if you really just wanted to weave till kingdom come on four harnesses, you could yep. keep on doing variety show. But the thing that I did find that is really not my fave about weaving so far. is that apparently it's mostly done by old ladies with short 
hair and like very short hair a specific genre of kind like of weird iron gray butch haircuts yeah like possibly ex-librarians who are oh. who are stern stern and it's not a bountiful life thing anymore it no. seems to happen it seems to be going along like what's weird this is like out of context for people that i have a lot of kids that we have a lot going on uh-huh. all the time. Right. It's like the people who do this typically do it because there's nothing going on. Well, it's because they've probably been doing it since they got in, into it in Renaissance fairs and Maybe. 80s. I don't know how they got into it. I don't know what's happening. But one thing I have learned is I think either it's so not popular enough that people still just expect to fill out a paper order form and mail it in somewhere. Uh. Because ordering the supplies for this is like... Maybe it's just that Amazon has not yet picked up on this as a resource. But it's weird to have everywhere you go, like, these long lists of all this cotton yarn. And then all the colors. And it's basically zero available from every single one of them. Except if you wanted to do, like, a nice plaid of brown, brown, and khaki. <laughs> you could you could buy those up. Buy those. Maybe a little beige. I Maybe there. if you wanted to freshen it up. Freshen it up with some flesh tones. And it, it, it was like, what? Like, I did not buy a loom so that I could make a waffle weave out of flesh tones. <laughs> we can do that without it. I don't need that. And uh, anyways, I did manage to it turns out it's like more challenging than I thought to just get the uh, the things. So I have four harnesses and I have a tendent reed. And so I'm like, I would like to use that. And the dish towels that I wove already was on 10 to cotton, which okay. is the weight of the cotton. So I'm like, that should be pretty simple. Four harnesses, 10 to cotton, tendent reed. We should be good. No, we are not good. There is not, like, I'm like, guys, just put these things together for me. I'm not experienced enough. I know you can jury rig things, like the reed, you can, you can kind of get her, you know, like, yeah. but I feel like I would need to know what it's supposed to be sure. like in order to know if it was working, mm. if I was jury rigging it. So you're going to be doing a little archaeological sort I of found, dig. I found a, a pattern. I was stoked that I located a pattern that that works with the yarn I already had. So that's good. So tonight I was at Walmart buying the yard sticks to fill in for lease sticks. Mm. There's a lot of things that you didn't know. No, what, none um, of the things you're talking about do I know. But that's the thing. Is it, but I've seen the pictures of the stuff. But I, So I have a friend gorgeous. I have a friend who has a loom that has helped me. I text her periodically with questions because she's experienced. And I... It's just funny. I'm like, okay, yeah. what what is a shuttle that I need? And it's like, well, it depends on what you enjoy weaving with. And I'm like, well, story is, <laughs> I have no idea. I've never done this, so I don't know. I just know that I need a boat shuttle. Yeah. So I order one up, and then I'm like, okay, tell me about the bobbins situation. Because I was told, then you'll need bobbins. And then the pattern yeah. calls for the bobbins. And I'm like, I don't even know. You can't go look at them in a, well... You could if I... I probably could find a store that I could look at it, but I'd have to travel. Yeah. And um, after a lot of research, I'm finding that the bobbins may... It's like, oh, either you can order those or you can just use some little cardboard tubes. Mm. I'm like, well, that'll do. Go for the cardboard <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, so anyways. That's awesome. Guys, so I'll Rachel keep you has, posted on whether or not I succeeded She's got some conundrums ahead with her... 
with her things. Um, oh, I always do. So, what were we? We were going to talk about. It's my a, continuing education. A phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Oh, that right. We have seen here and there that is, um, women who are super gifted at something, really talented at hospitality, or really efficient homemakers or whatever and then they somehow manage to create daughters that do not they haven't passed on the virtue to their daughters and it's not like their daughters are hideous or something it's like they may be perfectly nice pleasant women now but they did not inherit from their mother their mother's gifts so it's like it's like I a think genetic. When you say inherit, that makes it sound like we're talking about just just a natural ability. Right. But what and you mean is the kind that take training. I I just mean like somehow a mom is gifted at something and yet for whatever reason cannot pass it on. And so like, what is it that is? Well, oh, my phone's ringing. Like um, an example that we would use is like a mom who's really gifted at hospitality. But instead of raising really hospitable daughters, she raises daughters who are critiques or connoisseurs of other people's hospitality. Of other people's hospitality. Like, they've become so... They've so much... It's like, actually, if you were incredible at making all kinds of breads, and your kids grew up with a very critical palate for breads, but they didn't make them. But no ability to make them. They don't make them, and they don't think of making them. Or you have, like, women who are incredibly involved mothers who are just detail oriented who get things done who check stuff off the list they're just amazingly efficient but they end up with daughters who are who are kind of helpless and indecisive and and just kind of spin around and and aren't sure what well, to just do accustomed to other people handling it yeah and it sort of strikes me as like um like basically the the phenomenon of a of like a guy who's sort of a self-made millionaire type guy who got there by right. hard work and pushing ahead and, and pulling himself son. up for his, by his own bootstraps. Right. But then they have this weird like slug of a son who is unable to do anything. You know, so it's like whatever the virtue was that he had, he couldn't he couldn't his, hand it he off. He didn't manage It to was like the it. baton did not get passed. And so it's just that like how how as mothers how do we avoid doing that with our girls. What are some of the things you think contribute to that phenomenon? Well, I think it would be kind of, this is probably going to be a metaphor run wild, but let's say you have a, let's say you have an open flame in a room, like a candle in a small space that it, that it is consuming oxygen. Okay. And let's just say that as a mother, if you want, if, if the vision is, if it matters, if it's not like it, just a thing, like, I think of a lot of crafts and things as being all stand-ins for things that I want my children. Not that I care that they grow into being a person who forever no. does this. They don't need to do pottery, but they do need to be No, but I want people. them to be the kind of people who are like, oh, I can figure that out, or I want to try that, yeah. or I want to... I or I want them to learn that they're capable of more than people think people are capable of early on. Like I would like that. I'm just like, I want you to, and I also want them to notice all the hard parts, all of these things, the loom, the pottery, all of these things is like 80% the work. That's not the fun part. And 20% the part that really thrills you. Like it's the work of, you know, it's like just getting used to the fact that you have to do the hard parts too, to enjoy these pleasant parts, whatever. Like, Lena's knitting herself a sweater, and I make her 
like now if she's avoiding it for a while I'll say just you I don't care if you do something else but knit on that for 20 minutes first and then you can do something sure. else like I want to see you because we did go Complete. buy all the yarn yeah. for that you know it's something that is like yeah and and part of it is that I want her to not waste the yarn but most of it is that I want her to know that you can just be diligent on something and make it happen yeah. you know like whatever but I, well, the thing I was going to say is, like, if there's a limited amount of oxygen in a space and the mom is a hot-burning candle, there's no room for little startup candles in there. Do you know what I mean? There's no... It's like yeah. I'm taking everything before <coughs> before you even get there. But the, yeah. but the reality is that I think what the, what the problem is is that there's no scope because the problem is the fact that it was a contained room. It's not that the mom mm-hmm. is so good at doing something and that that's a problem, but the problem is that there was a limited amount of oxygen. It's like, sure. if you're going to have daughters like you do and like I do, I have four daughters coming, wanting to be involved in things, and I, it, it can't, our home life cannot sustain four daughters running at full capable woman's speed in the same house in baking and planning meals and sewing and like like we have to expand our borders like we have to start doing uh, things that will take all of us to do it sure but I also think um well back to like what is it that can contribute to this problem I feel like sometimes it's let's say you have a mother who insists on handling all the details all the time and making all the decisions and doing all the checklists so she just creates a daughter who is dependent and is incapable of doing it for herself. That's right. possible where you just are the training wheels all the time. Mm-hmm. There's that. But the other thing is you could be suffocating with it. Like you could mm. be the kind of overbearing with your gifts in a way that the daughter just doesn't want anything to do with it. And they're only, sometimes their only defense is passivity. And it might you know, not like, be interesting. Like I'm just going to go limp and I'm just not going to care. And this is my defense mechanism is I'm just going to think about it yeah I'm just not gonna engage so like as a mom who wants to pass things on to her daughters um it does seem like sometimes um like you were saying there's there's sort of bigger principles that you want them to get Mm -hmm. and then you want to see them run in their own directions and see where they go with it well Um, right because I think I learned all kinds of stuff from mom but some of the most important things that I learned I learned from other people then mom, but it was mom sending us off on that way. Like it was kind of like mom being like, Oh, check that out. There's a trail that goes that way. Like, can I give you a snack for the road? Have fun. You know what I mean? Like go do that. And that would be things like in, this was kind of a, that for me at a really important moment was when I had Cooking, cl- uh, cooking classes with a woman that yeah. was—it was like I in remember high school. Mom bought that for you. As a gift. Mom bought it for me at like the auction <clears> or something, <throat> and it was just some cooking classes. And it, Mom knew how to cook, and I knew oh, yeah. how to follow a recipe. So it wasn't like there was no—it um, it wasn't like it was a huge vacancy in our life. You know, mm-hmm. it was like I knew how to cook some things, and still I took that les- those lessons in high school, and it was like homemade pasta, and we made a souffle, and. Yeah. Caesar salad dressing and my famous bouche de noel, which I think I've already made fun of on this podcast <laughs> at some point. Um, but those those things that I would not have made by myself at home. I didn't yeah. know how to do it. And yeah. I was very, I think, 
taken with how much there was to learn that I didn't yeah. know. And see, okay, so right there, that was an instance of mom being awesome and being like, hey, this would be fun for Rachel go and then you went and learned stuff that you could bring home and explain to us and show us and it was exciting right and or like I think I remember that was where I learned things things that are very common principles but like where that was when I specifically learned that egg whites will not beat with any fat in them sure so it was like don't try to make a meringue in a plastic bowl because yeah. there's probably fat in it but you could also be the mother who is doing that? You need to learn how to cook. So I've signed you up for cooking lessons. Yeah, making and you're it going totally to be there unbearable. On Thursday. And then the daughter who goes, but she <laughs> goes with the kind of fine mom, fine. Yeah, like yeah. she actually isn't excited about it. So it's right. like that difference between, or or like wanting your daughters to be like, I want my girls to be creative, and hardworking and interested. But I don't want to script what their interests have to be. So yeah. I have one daughter who's super into photography and um, making, like, video stuff. I've got one who's just straight up, like, actually reminds me of myself at that age where it's, like, it's kind of like drawing, painting, sewing is, like, yeah. the interest right there. And then another one who's very in tune with baking, like, really in tune with baking. So each of them, they're very different. But I would, it would be really, I think, hideous if I expected each of them to just be interested in the things I remember being right. interested in. And I really love that they are doing stuff that it hasn't occurred to me to ever try it. And so mm -hmm. where you can just be the audience that's cheering rather than the hustler and bustler who is right. scripting everything. Well, like, for instance, I, Lena has always been, my oldest daughter, has always been really into artistic crafting. I mean, she just is naturally really yeah. into it. And she's pretty, she's good. She's a, she's a precision kind of a person. She's like, she gets, it makes it happen. And, but there was like a book that I bought when she was little that I was like, this would be fun. It was like called felt we folk. It's these little pipe cleaner floss and felt dolls and yeah. stuff that I thought she would like to do. But that never really, like, I think we maybe like did them one time and then yeah. not really after that. Um, and nothing really, Daphne didn't really go for that either. Well, this summer, Chloe is, like, lit up with snipping out little <laughs> felt things. And, you know, yeah. like, she's, and she sewed. I showed her how to use my really old sewing machine. Um, it's an old singer, you know, like, in the thing. And I showed her how, I was, like, threaded it. And I showed her how to make a basic doll dress out of mm -hmm. felt. She just whizzed off with so many of these <laughs> just hilariously wonky felt. But it was like she's suddenly really into that. Yeah. And none of my none of them had been. And Daphne launches. She's a surprisingly natural embroiderer. Like she just mm -hmm. is fun when she freestyles and merge. But that's not my gift. It's not right. like, and and I don't need them to be any particular thing. But I don't. I've the things that as a mom I keep my eyes on is that I don't want any of them developing an area that they're afraid of or that yeah. they say I'm not good at that like because right. my, because she's or, good at that so I'm not the one who knits or I'm not the one the who other, the opposite problem though where you have a child who self-identifies I'm magically as, gifted at as this. good at something mm -hmm. and then somehow the parents just believe them believe it they're like and you're then right they, you're incredibly talented. And then they create a weird monstrosity of a person that, who... That is, just, that is just straight up the scripture about those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise. Are not wise. No, they're not. And I was like, don't... Let's not, let's not do that. Let's just assume 
that you're not the best in the universe. <laughs> right. And so it's like wanting to be the cheering squad and wanting to urge them on without becoming the little overly um, pre- overly honoring everything well, you do. Right. Like it's you don't want to be the parents who are well, the attendants in the throne room. Oh my word, yes. But and you one also, thing that I do with that is I do make sure that while I'm like awesome, good job, I don't lie about the production value of things. Is it time for you to flip your pancakes? I'm also getting, yeah. <laughs> Too bad I just didn't bring any bread with me tonight. No, you didn't. So the, but I, um, I don't like, for instance, my kids, all of them draw things all the time and I don't save them. Like no. sometimes I'm like, that's oh cool. Word. Hanging on the fridge for a minute. And then I will throw it away when I get there. Yeah. Like I've I throw them away all the time. I've a few random things. But... I have one little file box that I put occasional cute yeah. special things in but what I don't think is of value is everyone thinking that what they made is all that much hotness I just <laughs> I just treat it as that was good practice yeah. now we're throwing it away and if they mind that I'm always like I, I let them there's a category of thing that I let them keep in their art drawer if I'm like oh if yeah. you still want it put it in there yeah. and that's fine it's like but we're not it's not like everything you made is your masterpiece <laughs> we're gonna treasure all no i'm like you're learning that's everything good. that comes from your pen yes i'm like just we learn treasure Let's, it up yeah i was like just learn some things and sometimes we make weird doll dresses out of felt and we throw them away later because that's what yeah. we do but it does it it's that balance of like not doing everything for them and being like cheerfully cheering them on in their own interests in a way that is, um, it is teaching them, it is guiding them, but it's not smothering them with your own, you know, script yes. that you need them to follow. And it seems like sometimes that might be what's going wrong when, when some of, you know, when you see the product of, of this kind of mothering sometimes, where it's just this kind of listless, I actually think, I think because we... We, we happen to be in a place where we see a lot of college students coming through. So yeah. college girls is like a familiar group to me. And I do think, I think people would probably say things like this is millennials or this is whatever, but I think it's not generational so much as it, as no. it is a failure of parents, Parenting. parents yeah. to do this. But there is nothing as depressing as just the total disinterest just like no energy to care about anything, no desire to learn anything, no enthusiasm for any of it. No. Like, and that to me is and a the best real way, concern in parenting. And the best way I think to give that to your kids is to have it yourself because it is infectious. If somebody is interested in something well, and they're... let's be frank. That plus confession of sin. Well, because, I'm assuming that. I know, but I'm I'm saying when you say that, when you said the best infectious way to do this is to for you to be that way. I was like, yes, so long as you're also in fellowship with them. And well, the course, fellowship yeah. is sweet enough that yeah. they want to be with you. Yeah. Because if you're generally just like, I'm so into my... But here's the thing. I think when I brought this up, I was not talking about mothers and daughters who are estranged or families that are right, falling apart. Right, but I'm apart. thinking that I'm if it's not about working like, for you, if you're like, but I love baking and my daughters will never do it for me. Maybe you, yeah. they, maybe you need to back up and look at the overarching. Well, that's for sure. The overarching, yeah. what is, how sweet is the fellowship and how much are we keeping yeah. in line and, and that would be all like foundational stuff. And I think I was thinking more like families where that's there. I mean, the mothers and daughters, they get along. It's just that there's this strange there's like proficiency in the mother and the utter lack of it in the daughter even though there's 
there's affection and love and fellowship. It's hard to know if there's some of that is competition. If it is mothers not liking their daughters passing them up and things. Right. Because right. I feel like, oh, I don't feel, well, I don't feel competitive with my girls. But I What's feel that? stunned that, like, what Lena's doing at her age is yeah. so far beyond what I was doing when I was that age. That Isn't it Augustine who said that his, was it Augustine? Who said his son is the only man that he he would be able to see him pass him up and have no temptation to resent it. You know, like, like that's the one mm-hmm. man in the world that I would be thrilled to watch him pass me. See, and I think it's funny because mom always talks like that, and I always think it's funny when she says that because I'm always like, good heavens, mom, like, you've still got a long lead on us because <laughs> yeah. like, you're still yeah. way out there, mom. She's like, oh, Rachel, you're so far ahead of me on that. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say, Mom, I'm still eating the dust. No, but it is true that moms can get competitive with their girls. Yes, Or, um... Or just not want, like, they want to be the star of the show in their house. They want to be in charge of everything. seeing things not done up to their standards. Yeah, and I'll be real that I have struggled this summer with the reality that my, my spaces are not my spaces. Like, the kitchen is not my uh-huh. area where I'm uh-huh. working. Someone is in there wanting to make banana bread and I'm like, oh. Well, it's like if you picture, for instance, a mom who couldn't bear, like let's say you have a little kid who tries to make his bed and, and it's a little bit wonky. And the, it's like and it's, it's, it's Yeah, and it's not quite parallel on the side. And a mom who can't let that go, who can't let it have, and always comes in and always goes over the top and always fixes it. Well, of course you're never going to have a kid, the kid learn to do it because... You know, How up to they? the standard. And so so they don't bother because why would they need to? Like, sometimes that happens. Other times, I think the kids resent it. And so, yeah, they go passive. They just go completely limp. And their only defense against their mother is... Indifference. Disindri- yeah, yeah, indifference. And I think that that can happen. I feel like that happens in boys. Like, I've seen that in sons with mothers who are trying to make them do stuff. It's sort of like, I may not be able to outright rebel... But mm-hmm. I will do the passive resistance thing by just being I will just go limp and since I'm 6'2", you won't be able to move me. Yeah, or younger. You know, like the upper elementary years where they just have the dead eyes and the like, I won't. Uh-huh. I, I won't engage with this. Yeah. Anyway, well, we just covered many it's of those things. We need challenge. to have We need to have a tip of some sort. Um, we were going to have uh, tips of things to not do. Oh right, right. Anti tips. And I and I was Oh I have one from today. Yep. The internet lied. Um <gasps> Oh right. Yeah. No, I think I was I couldn't find my toilet brush. Given given the situation in my house right now, I don't know where it is. I like to bring up that wherever it is, it shouldn't be there. When, I think it's in you, the basement. All, oh, all my cleaning, that's, that is yeah. not as bad as no, it could be. No, no, no. Oh, and, and plus, because like, if you find that in the laundry, no, it's but like, I don't aye. use a toilet brush anyway. It's a wand with those disposable yeah, okay, pads on top. It, yeah. But I can't find the pads and I can't find the wand. And it's I think it's in the basement because everything's a mess. Anyhow, uh, the toilet is in desperate need of a scrub out. And of course, I know that I could drive to the store, but I just haven't gotten Who to that. that? And so it's really bad. And I, I mean, was, if it was at the Palouse Empire was, Mall, you uh, would get it. No I know, problem. I know. But I was lamenting. Oh, look at this. that! It's an owl. What? There's an owl right no. up. Yes, Where? it just coasted in on top of that, right on top of the street light. 
Okay, that's funny. All right. Wildlife sighting. Wildlife! Uh, no, last night at the 4th of July picnic, I was, for whatever reason, I was saying, oh, I can't find my toilet brush, and it was bad. And mom says, oh, there it is. It's another one. It's two of them. Oh, my word, guys. We're in the Parliament of Owls. (laughs) 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 Hoo-hoo. Oh, man. But anyway, oh, so gosh, fun. I'm in the middle of such a gripping tale. I'm sorry. Tell a me gripping more. tale Tell about my toilet brush. And then here we are. And we're like by having owls. a gripping tale of toilet brushes <laughs> combined with the ornithologist's <laughs> dream. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, mom says, Oh, hey, I saw somebody said you can pour a bottle of Coke in your toilet <laughs> and it will clean it. And so I I look it up. Sure enough, they say pour a bottle of Coke in there and it will clean it right up. And guess what? It doesn't. (laughs) Hot tips. I can't imagine. Hot tips not to try. (laughs) I can't imagine what they think would have happened. But, you know, uh, there's videos. There's people saying this is going to work. You know what my guess is? I'll just say. I'll just say probably a regional kind of water deposit that it would take off like there might be Who something knows? maybe this is just iron it's i like, like to believe that somewhere somehow that maybe that worked for maybe someone. it works but it didn't work for sure, me because surely they're not videoing themselves putting coke in the toilet <laughs> as a hoax <laughs> which makes me think we I should do know. that we I should do a know. hoax like this and it's see how like, many guys, people could try if you put cinnamon in between your toes before Ooh. bed. <laughs> what about if you did something like like to spot clean your fridge, just smear mayonnaise? Oh my gosh. Mayonnaise rub. Do you know what? Knox the other day <laughs> we were I had like just deli meat and stuff and was like make your own sandwiches for lunch. And he's like, What's wrong with this cream cheese? And I said, Oh, I bought like um some kind of Greek cream cheese this time. I'd never tried it before, but it was like Greek lower yogurt. calorie yeah, yeah. or something. And I tried that, and I was like, oh, it's Greek cream cheese. And he's like, it's weird. And, um... <laughs> was it girls? old mayo? <laughs> He'd gotten out the shortening that was in one... <laughs> it was in one of those cubes, you know, with the silver wrapper. <laughs> and it was, like, only part of it. And so it was, it was a thick squash of shortening. Oh, did he put it on his sandwich? And guess what? He just kept eating it. Going like, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> and he polished like, it off and I was like, like yeah. Microwave that for a second. Like, see what happens. I was like, why didn't you just open your sandwich and scrape it back out? And he was like, did oh yeah, I guess I could have done that. Anyway, that is so gross. He powered through a deli sandwich with shortening. <laughs> So that's Knox's don't try tips. Don't try a sandwich with shortening on it. Yeah, don't do it. That's disgusting. Yeah. And so then and our, you have So back in our youth and our childhood somebody gave mom a book that was called The Frugal Mind. Yeah, The Frugal and Mind. We got a lot mileage of, of mileage. hours hours of entertainment mm-hmm. out of that, but the but the tips were just some of them they Amazing. Ranged, they ranged from really bad to like breathtakingly impossibly bad, and then 
then we quit reading it when it got really unfunny about how to save money at a family funeral. And then I feel like it lost its edge of hilarity at yeah. that point. We were like, oh, no. But all of most of the tips had pretty heavy downsides. <laughs> like, do you remember the one that it was like water down your mascara all the time to make uh-huh. it last longer? Uh-huh. But you think, yeah, to make it last longer and whip yourself up with eye infection. Like but they're always telling also, you to not do that. But she calculated how much money you would oh, save. Oh, so she'd be like, by simply following this rule, you could save $12 this year. $12 in the year by, and then one of them. So I would say the worst tips that I can remember from that. Some of them were just comic. It's not so much that no, they're that they bad of a tip. They're just outrageous. Like she was like, if you get a run in your nylons, just cut that leg off and oh, yeah. save the good leg until you have a pair with a run in the other leg. <laughs> so then you just wear the good legs Two one pairs. at a time. Two pairs. You saved yourself eight dollars this year <laughs> if you would only save all your i feel like it was over a longer course it was like over the course of your life you oh could, it might be in your you lifetime could it could be up to 35 dollars up to 42 oh my word and then but the section on decor i love do you remember how it said oh, to save word. money in your house decor because yeah. the one tip stood with me all these years spray paint beans uh macaroni noodles it was various noodles spray, spray paint, paint noodles yeah and put them in jars <laughs> Period. <laughs> that was that was all we heard about how to and decorate like, your house wait, on a dime. You're like, I did that in Sunday school. Wait a though. minute. Wait a minute. What effect am I gonna achieve with yeah. a jar full of spray painted noodles? Well, I remember she said to not turn your heat on in your house, but but knit, instead knit your family fingerless gloves just to get you right through the winter without so noticing. that they can still use their fingers but you don't have to have the heat on mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. think on that this was in the technological era where it said coupons are the <laughs> same thing as money <laughs> coupons are so invest in a file cabinet to yeah. put in your trunk and file them all up. And then the other major investment was in a set of walkie-talkies. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It was like walkie-talkies. High. I feel like it may have even been long-distance walkie-talkies so that you will be able, because this would have been pre-cell phone. Oh, yeah, way pre-cell So that you can communicate with your spouse about the best prices at different grocery stores. Oh. And we were laughing so hard just thinking about, like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you read me, Lima Charlie? Do you, do you read me? Over, over and out. Tell me about the canned peas. <laughs> but how many ounces is that can? <laughs> and at the end of this operation, you may have saved yourself seven dollars in your lifetime. Oh, you but at have. what cost? But at the cost of walkie-talkies and the file cabinet in your truck. Not to mention a lot of renegade one-legged nylons in your life. Right. I get, I get, some of our listeners no doubt are, are avid couponers and good on you if you're avid couponers, but yeah. someone once told me all of the ways that if I went through this elaborate sequence of events, printing and picking up coupons and all these things that mm-hmm. at the end of that time I could get a free tube of toothpaste from Walgreens <laughs> or like free tooth. it would end up being like free toothpaste yeah. at Walgreens and I 
said, you know, the bad thing is, is that they could have just set up a tent in the parking lot handing out toothpaste and I wouldn't get there. <laughs> like, like me being driven to get free toothpaste no. is not happening. No. Like, it's just not coming your way. It's anytime. not my spiritual gift. No. And no. I, and then one time I was checking out at Winco and the woman ahead of me was had all of her big album of coupons and mm-hmm. like she got out she whipped it off and then the cashier was like oh the cashier was really pleased with her which was funny it was just like not normal right. way that that pans out right the cashier was like I'm so excited for you saving all this money and then she turned to me and she was like you should be doing this about my <laughs> groceries I'm like Nothing like shaming the lady who's yeah. already already shopping at the pack your own groceries in a bag <laughs> store, and and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just I'm just really proud of myself if I get to the store in a timely manner, and you know, <laughs> not adding coupon loopholes to my routine <laughs> would not get me there faster. No, so, no. All right, on that well, Debbie Downer of a note, str- <laughs> we've straggled on. Well, uh, if you're worried that we're too down, just go back to thinking about the hurricane booth. The hurricane at the pool. <laughs> Why does this crack us up so much? I don't know. It's completely unacceptable. <laughs> oh, my word. Wow. Okay. Well, we should go. I'm going to get out of this car and see these owls. All right, goodbye. Bye-bye.